All right. We're good to start. Yeah. All right. Lee, thank you for coming on to my podcast, Coffee for Scalers. It's all about online video and scaling businesses. And uh, I am delighted to have Lee Wilcox as my first guest to the podcast. Um, I think the one thing with Lee, uh, I was thinking about this actually uh, coming up to Birmingham. It's only my second time ever in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, a, a company called Skate Hunt I met here before. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, but the one thing about Lee, I was thinking about the term lad. In, in Ireland, lad is a much nicer word than the UK kind of uh, version. But you are uh, not only, you're, you're kind of a lad, but actually, you're kind of more like a gas man in Ireland we say like a legend and the other piece is um, yeah you've done an amazing job of scaling a business uh, which is uh, dominating in the online video space so I'm delighted to welcome you and uh, yeah Lee uh, welcome Thank you very much. I'm going to change my LinkedIn profile to have like uh, CEO, co-founder of Electric House slash Gasman slash Lad. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> good idea. Yeah, yeah. You'll be the only person. <laughs> Literally the only person who's got Gasman after their title. Yeah, well, no, yeah. unless you are a Gasman. Unless you are a Gasman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Lee, tell me about Electric House. Um, an amazing business. Yeah, so um, look, we are a social media publishing group uh, built out of construction uh, i pause them because we're just doing some sort of brand positioning and vision positioning but i'm probably a little bit early to chuck it all out but when's this podcast going out dennis In about two or three weeks after england win oh okay yeah no it's too early um <laughs> i still got internal stuff to do um uh but we're very focused on building communities um uh, we started within the construction industry uh off the back of an idea myself and adam uh co-founded this with me uh who's our chief content officer now. So what, nearly seven years ago, we were drunk on a Friday night um, and he was moaning about the fact he couldn't find a plaster on a job. And we came up with this idea about creating a recruitment app for the construction industry for B2B. You've got things like rated people, check a trade, things like that. But it's very much if you want a vetted tradesperson to come into your home and, yeah. you know, electrics, boilers, you know, whatever it might be. There's nothing out there still actually to this day that allows... Um, the B2B market, so contractors and subcontractors to connect with each other. How do you get your next job on site? It's all very much like hearsay and, you know, yeah. who you know, etc. Anyway, we um, we were broke. So we built the spec for an app and sent it off on Elance. You know, they're like, a, well, it was it's called Upwork now. Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. kind of Fiverr.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah like a freelancing yeah. website, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and spent like eight grand across three credit cards. I come up with something. Wow. Like, right. Uh, now we just need to be able to build 100,000 people in one spot, builders, and then we'll, we'll launch the app and, and they'll download it and we'll sell it for millions of pounds. Like yeah. That was the business model. Um, Ad came up with the idea to start a Facebook page. So it was around like, it was August 2014. Um, uh, and it was a Wednesday, like Wednesday the 6th. I remember it. I do remember it. It's bizarre, actually, um, that we started the, the, the Facebook page. Um, and Ad was like adamant that he had lots of funny videos and uh, of people on site. And it was around the time when Lab Bible had been going for probably like 18 months, maybe. Is that all two, they were yeah, going? Yeah, like, wow. and, and it was just that short form viral video was yeah. like was it that was yeah. that was what facebook was yeah it yeah. was it was um riding off the back of youtube going long form and facebook was going short um he didn't he had about four videos as a joker um uh, so we like, had to scrape around them for a couple of weeks getting getting content and we were just ripping stuff off youtube and just posting it onto yeah. facebook doing whatever we could and then we had this one video that just popped um organically got like 40 odd million views and just drove like insane growth so we after three months we had 250,000 followers and that wow. video itself we were just like I think we put about 40 quid spend on it I didn't know what I was doing wow. I didn't know how yeah. to work the ads platform but yeah. it was telling me that I should boost it so I was like yeah. okay well I'll, yeah, I'll I've got eight grand now platform's, the platform's telling me to boost it I'll just boost it you know um, yeah. uh, and that was you know we were getting like a couple of million views for a tenner or something it was ridiculous you know yeah. it was just like pushing the, the whole thing so and that kind of just drove us then into, into this position of like we had this community that we'd started to build we then actually started to do more digging and finding out they didn't really exist anywhere else they were quite hard to talk to they were very loyal from a brand mm. perspective um they earned good money 
uh, they weren't very good with that good money, you know. So mm. it, uh, we started to build this picture, and and then we started to look across the landscape and being like, well, all these other, you know, lab bar, what are they doing there? Working with brands, we could do that, you know. Um, but it was all about trying to make some money in that first first part. Andy yeah. Tyler always said to us, um, who's our commercial director, uh, uh, early on, we, he he invested from from day dot, and he. Uh, he always had this like mantra of like likes don't pay the bills he's like this is all great yeah but like where's the money yeah what are we you know what's the model what's the, what are we doing but you're only a few months in right yeah yeah, yeah 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 still a few months in and then and then probably after a um a year we then started an online store um selling like on the tools merch that boomed we did about 400 grand's worth of sales in the first year uh, i actually quit my job when i first got that so we we set up the store we did 800 pounds worth of sales in the first four days and I went and quit my job and everyone thought I'd lost my fucking mind. Like, um, and then we did 15 grand's worth of sales in the first month of selling that. Wow. On store. It was amazing. But we were just turning money over, man. Like, it, it was all getting outsourced. We, I, we must have been making like 10% at best. But oh, yeah. it just allowed me to like, have some cash flow and yeah and, yeah and yeah, live yeah. That, that. it was all drop ship is that what they call it yeah kind of we, we were kind of doing our own like make makeshift drop ship really yeah. because we were connecting all the dots ourselves as obviously since then there's, there's platforms that yeah. come out and they deal with the whole thing you know yeah. um so we, we went from that sort of like tech startup to e-com business and then then andy jumped on board then and that's yeah. where we knew that we had this opportunity to work with brands we got to a point where we'd done an amazing christmas um through the online store and then the sales just stopped we didn't know it was our first one we were like oh january is really a thing where people don't spend money and then we had the app back it was finally finished it didn't work uh and i think that in march that that month uh, and was were you still bullish about the app at that point yeah, yeah. like the, yeah. that was the that was yeah, the model that was like that was yeah. it yeah 2016 we got it back start 2016 it didn't work and then march 2016 i remember we lost something like 24 grand that month it was only me ad and like two other people working on the saw and i was like well we've got no we're we're pretty much done here like okay so we convinced andy to jump on board if we got three months salary in the bank for him we didn't we got about six weeks and then we rang him he was like we've done it yeah come on you need to start and his then his job was to work out how we can start working with brands on a media perspective how can we start creating content and distributing that through because that's where we really saw the the benefit that's where really all the engagement was still coming from we knew that you know the community is just about to hit a million followers well you know it's it's hyper uh, engaged it's niche yeah we know the clients are like let's get this done and he came on and within six months had three massive contracts for us on a retainer for 2017 wow. I think we committed to like something like six hundred grand's worth of revenue, and wow. yeah, we didn't have we didn't own a camera. Like you know, it was yeah, wow. it was ridiculous. So that January, we then employed like ten people, and and then we went at it, and then we became this we became this media business. You know, we became this this publisher. Yeah. Um, and and then since then, we've we've continued the growth with on the tools. We we now sit around about five million followers across multiple platforms. Um, we've acquired. Um, and started more communities we've acquired a community called on a budget which is the opposite of on the tools it's a three and a half million women in the uk that share ideas around yeah. home decor diy gardening um and we've also got a, a, a third community called ministry of which is teaching kids the things they didn't learn at school which is all sort of weird and wacky trivia facts and science facts and um which is predominantly going through tiktok yeah. youtube and snap so now we've, we've electric house now sits at just under 11 million followers of uh, three core UK communities. Um, uh, and that's our focus. You know, we want to build communities that people love and that, and that uh, are very much focused on the UK. Uh, yeah. And, and, we, and the business model now is that we, we work with clients and platforms to create content um, uh, for advertising revenue or for marketing objectives, you know, and and, yeah. and and we're now starting to step into, you know, as as you know, and, and as we've spoken about, uh, more data propositions for clients and the um, uh, sort of video analysation and and you know, yeah. we want to sort of really sort of step into that world as well. So yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing story. Um, yeah, what an amazing pivot as well, like away from the app into that brand. I mean, it's like uh, Ad always says, we're well, like um, uh, like a a pinball machine we've just sort of like 
we're getting a little bit better. We're still a bit like it. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, we're still very yeah. much looking for new revenue models and making sure that yeah, we're sitting in the right good. position. Yeah, but yeah. at the start, we were just like yeah, yeah, all over the yeah, place and we yeah. kind of like leveled a little bit now. Yeah, it's quite risky at the start as well where you're smaller, isn't it? But at the same time, you can be so nimble. Um, yeah. yeah. You can react to anything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and talking about that and talk about scale. So at 11 million, you're saying total followers and everything right now, like how many employees or if you can talk about the revenue as well, what kind of scale are you at? Yeah, so um, we are 120 people. Um, uh, we will be a six and a half million revenue business this year. Uh, we'll be 10 next year. Um, so we're on a, big growth spurt at the moment um uh and yeah we've got some big big plans to try and step on after next year as well uh, i think the key thing to what we're doing at the moment is 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 um we've we've always been really really focused on making sure that we're not a business that's trying to uh raise money to get to the next step right we've always yeah. been very much focused on profitability and, and we did raise money like yeah, uh, yeah. we did that uh, strategically in the middle of 2019 which allowed us to get to you know we from that point we were 40 people then we're 120 now yeah. it was exactly that for that purpose we uh, took cash flow funding on to, to get us to that next stage um but, but I think because we've been focused, so focused on profitability and it, it's always been such a, a big part of the business, which it sounds ridiculous to talk about, doesn't it? That, you know, our business, we, well, we're really different because we focus on profit. In I, this I, sector, I, it's true. Yeah, I think it is a little bit. And, and I, I guess that's the point I'm making is that uh, I don't want to make out that we're some kind of like maverick because we, we focus on profit as a business. Um, yeah. But I think what that's going to help us do um, is that we've invested so much this year and we'll still be profitable pretty profitable um yeah. uh but next year we've become yeah incredibly profitable which yeah. allows it and be, because we've all, always had that core focus even through growth even through times where we're scaling an, an insane amount in terms of yeah. resource and things we've always still been like but are we gonna yeah. are we gonna be profitable because we're not we shouldn't do it whereas i think what's happened with other publishers in the space it's yeah. been like let's grow at all costs let's not worry about that bottom line we'll just do the revenue scaling which i think works if you're a if you've got some tech behind you and if you haven't i think you fall into a bit of a dark space where you can't get the multiples you need to raise more money because you haven't got that bit of ip and the, and the tech that you need yeah. um you just grow you know back to andy's point likes don't pay the bills you can grow loads of followers and that's fine yeah but i think you've got to still have a, at the core of it you still got to have a um a good functioning business and i think that's something we've really focused on so i think that will set us into next year and, and beyond to be able to um scale a lot quicker than what we have already actually um yeah. what that looks like and um i don't know but uh yeah it's exciting yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. And, and i think like what you said there about like um in the digital publisher space and profitability i thought it was uh, from my experience like being at tubular labs and uh seeing a lot of the big digital first publishers in the us where they really scaled up about um about three years ago i guess like buzzfeed vice group nine and people but then there was a lot of change needed. They had to really they scale hit sticky back. patches, didn't yeah. they? And I think, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that obviously their model's crap because look at their businesses, they're, they're awesome. It come out now again. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, I think they're awesome businesses, but I think that that they were, they got away with it because they had so much scale, right? So yeah. that's great. But I think what happens is sometimes you'll get digital publishers that go for that scale, but they don't get a scale of BuzzFeed or Vice or whatever. Yeah. They sit in this horrible middle ground where you're like, oh, we haven't quite got the scale of these guys, so we can't get the back in and people can't see the longer term vision and the, how much the asset is worth. Yeah. Um, and we're still not making any money. Shit, we're in a bit of a horrible, like, gray area here. And I think we just didn't want to. We're relatively self-aware, I think, of knowing that we're not a BuzzFeed, you know, we're yeah. not a Vice, um, we're not a Lab Bible, you know, uh, I think the scale there that we don't currently have, and it's a bit of a different model, yeah. you know, we, we are, uh, we're a publishing group that owns and operates lots of different communities, BuzzFeed, Vice, uh, although BuzzFeed now, you know, they're going on this uh, acquisition trail, uh, yeah. which I'm sure we'll talk about, but, um, but Lab Bible, Vice, BuzzFeed traditionally are... Um, 
a single media publishing brand, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're not focusing on on having lots and lots of like different and diverse communities with underneath it. It's, it's a slightly different model. They've gone for that, you know, like Lab Bible, uh, you know, they've really hit that youth culture and they've sat yeah. it across. Admittedly, they have a couple of different brands within that, but it's all based on that overarching youth culture of like yeah. uh, and being able to hit the different demos within that and i think that's where the different model um yeah sits and i think that's why they get so much scale and i think that's why they're able to step into these worlds now where these rpos are getting spoken about i think it's yeah. it's because of that um yeah. yeah and do you think um just think oh because we we saw in the press recently right the yeah the buzzfeed's back and then we saw the news about lad bible what were the rumors on lad bible was it 140 million or is it much more no no much more like 350 400 million 300 yeah 350 400 yeah, yeah, yeah. million is amazing um yeah it's it i guess thinking about like where we kind of saw facebook video take off and your business really benefited from that as well back in 2014 2015 and then we kind of saw not as much excitement in this space but it seems like there's a lot of excitement again um what are your thoughts on that do you think it's more sustainable and stronger this time around yeah yeah i do actually and i completely agree You're right it went through a real slump yeah um and i think things like you know like the unilad that just didn't help because yeah it was a scalable brand had, yeah. had, had seen huge success lots of hype and then it it fell in glory didn't it and, and well, it, it hit the wall didn't it you know and 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 it's such a shame because it was it was a really good business it, yeah. you know um but i think that was the only thing to sort of pinpoint the industry on mm. it's like oh there's been a transaction in the industry what is it oh it's unilad it 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 sort of burned to the ground and it and it went through this whole like mad bad press story and like you know yeah. and that's oh, kind it was of messy wasn't it, it? Was, yeah. it was really messy and that's oh that's the only thing that we can look at across the industry to sort of value anything it was like not a very good yeah. place yeah. to be which is why i think it's really positive that you know that um lots more publishers are now becoming pro very profitable yeah um because i think that's you know that's happening across this the space where previously even publishers that weren't are now becoming like yeah. really quite profitable and i think uh i think maybe the industry's matured a bit always takes a bit of time mm. um i think that in that mature matured phase as well the publishers themselves have took on like really key hires like if i think if i look at like look at lab bob they've brought some heads into yeah. like um from a strategy perspective and uh, and i think that's really started you know, a couple of years ago they did that and that's really started to pay off for them yeah, now, i yeah. think um yeah. and i've started to see that across uh, uh, some of the other digital yeah. publishers as well so i think uh and and then like yeah buzzfeed you know i think anything that hypes up in america uh, yeah. it, it's true isn't it, it just it'll make its way over Two here, years here later yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think you know buzzfeed voice buzzfeed buying complex for such a high amount you know yeah. 300 million dollars that you can't ignore it it doesn't matter whether you think it's a good industry or not you have to go like oh there's something going on in the space there there's money yeah. being put into it um and for me i think the reason it's really starting to take shape now is i think i think uh more broadly brands private equity um venture are all starting to to see the power of a community yeah online particularly through social and with the platforms pushing for this race to social commerce, I think what's happening is is that everyone's like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. These digital publishers have got all the eyeballs. They've got all the setup to create content. They're engaging with millions and millions of people yeah. every single hour. Yeah. Uh, and the platforms are going to try and start selling products through the through the through the platform directly in there. Yeah. Something there's a connect there, isn't there? People go, okay, the supply chain starting to appear through these platforms yeah. and through these publishers and because it's so hard to build communities if you just come and tell it from a scratch now yeah i think there's a um, an exclusivity and a, and a race to go hang on how do we mop all this up because soon it's going to be too difficult we're going to miss the boat it's yeah. be too difficult to build these communities and build these media brands we just need to make sure that we've got hold of some of them yeah um and i, I, I don't think it helped that the more traditional um publishing world you your BBCs, your Skies, your Channel 4s, yeah. broadcasters were slow to it. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and they shouldn't have been. They had all the money in the world. Yeah. Particularly, you look at Sky. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong. I think they've caught up. I think they've actually done a pretty good job of catching up. And they they went. You know, they um, uh, they bought a few publishing. Uh, yeah, Daniel View and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, View. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're still slow. They, yeah, they missed yeah. the opportunity yeah. where they they could have took over. Such a legacy over. business for them to protect there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were at two minds, weren't they? Yeah. If we move to here, we're moving people yeah. off the eyeballs that are paying for our subscriptions. And I just yeah. think they were too slow to move. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so. I think it's really interesting space at the minute. Very, yeah. there's a lot of excitement around. Oh there yeah, well. it is. It's fascinating, it's particularly coming out of the pandemic. Because I think even things like traditional publishers, like Daily Mail and the Sun, have like everyone's not going out there buying that anymore. You can even see it with the England team. I think like there's not that. What's the headline the next day? Because people aren't really buying the paper at the moment and everything. No, and and like, <laughs> and what I think is really interesting about that is. The England social channels, quality. Do you see the TikTok video? They're so the, good. Yeah, yeah. They're so good, aren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, that's where people get during the game and instantly afterwards, people are like, "Yeah, I'm. Go- I've been doing it." And I, yeah. you know, for someone who runs a, a a social media business, you know, however you want to describe it, um, I, I'm very fixed on on what I watch and what I think. But like, I've got fixated on on the England channels. Yeah, you know, like I'm, FA, you're doing a great job, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're doing, they're doing a brilliant job, and it's for that reason, isn't it? Yeah. I don't need to go check the Daily Mail. Or go yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I don't even need to go onto yeah. it online. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. I want to yeah. see what Sterling's saying. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. But I think as well from an investor standpoint, like those habits of buying the newspaper every day are. Co- going to be gone for a lot of these newspapers like in the future but um but one thing i did want to ask you about is um i was just thinking there a minute ago about like um uh, snakes and ladders and like actually someone said to me in this space before in the digital space was like you said about like technology being a real moat and i think it is and i think it's fascinating what people are doing with mixing data sources together to build robust um uh, yeah, I guess uh, unique selling points and everything and technology is amazing in terms of scaling. But anyway, I think I think the one thing is someone said to me before about like the Facebook algorithm that like it was almost like um, they went up the ladder and pulled the ladder up because you could no longer build an audience there afterwards. And that was kind of a moat that they've gotten to a level. Yeah. And, and I think you said to me um, about three years ago um, when you, um, yeah, when on a budget you guys had just acquired and got really excited about or, or partnered with them it was like facebook messenger was like kicking off like what's kicking off at the moment where it's like a new ladder yeah emerging um i'm, I'm still quite excited i don't think we've seen uh the power of like messenger whatsapp yeah uh, instagram direct or you know instagram messaging or however you want to um term it i don't think we've quite seen the power of that yet uh, i still think there's trying to work that out you know there's they're starting to roll ads out aren't they, into what's happened yeah um, and look that that's the key point here wherever ads go that's where if you've been there for a good time and then ads start appearing there you're in the right space because you've got there early and it means you'll probably be monetized and you'll probably see some benefit from it um so i, I actually still quite excited about the messaging space I'm really excited about things like, uh, so communities through direct messaging, so things like Discord and- Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and, then, and then equally things like OnlyFans, Patreon, like those sort of like paywalled communities. I think there's something really interesting to happen there. Um, I still think audio has got uh, I know po- podcasting is hard and um, it's a very like um, it's a very crowded space I still think there's, a, there's there's there'll be advancements there as well but more more uh, more from an audio perspective I think publishers have got the opportunity when they're working with brands to to link across like audio technology a lot better than probably what we do um, to sort of like bring any branded content campaigns to, to life a bit more and you know how you sort of connect the dots on there but I think from a community p- perspective I'm really really interested in, in the sort of like discord um, huh. technology at the minute you know like yeah. slack for uh, yeah slack for sort of b to c it's yeah. a, a salesforce have said if slack goes through i think it's still being held up where they bought slack it's like that's going to be the core communication channel with all of their products 
yeah. it makes sense I, I think there's um <clears throat> it's that for me it's that direct messaging part and that's why i'm excited still excited about whatsapp messaging i think messenger has been slow i think i think they've made really good advancements and there's loads of ads through it now and, you know it's, i'm yeah. sure it's a great product for them but i think for um i don't think we've seen the the start of it if i'm being honest in terms of how people are going to use <clears throat> whatsapp messenger instagram yeah uh, in their daily lives right so like how me and you will use them like yeah I, I, you know the, it's the wechat model yeah uh, they're all trying to work that out yeah Fa facebook's the one who's going to do it if anyone's going to do it they're going to do it because yeah. no one else really owning the message but if you think about messaging in the uk yeah like it's for me it's whatsapp me all too. day long yeah, yeah. right um for others it'd be messenger yeah okay i message on instagram a lot but not um only about content yeah not about com you know not conversations around anything else but pull those three together and obviously they're owned by the same bloody company yeah, it's, amazing, yeah. it's incredible so if anyone's going to do it it's going to be them but they've th but they've got to start pulling payments through they've got to start pulling yeah food ordering they've got to start pulling um taxes through it like and you do that then i think that's super exciting yeah and then i think community building through those is for me is something that i i, I think is really powerful because it's same with like the discord and it's the same type of method in my head is it's that whole like email marketing 10 years ago 40 percent, 50 percent open rates it's that again it's that yeah yeah instant like i'm engaged in this community uh i i like this group and i get i get instant messages that i either open or ignore but when i open them i open them a lot and i go yeah. and i go and engage further from that and i think that is super powerful i see a world where we're going to be able to create like marketing campaigns will um will bleed through all of these things so they'll start at social and then they'll be connected through audio elements they'll be connected through messaging retargeting they'll be like it's bringing all those things together and i think that it happens i still think it's super fragmented i, I still don't think it's yeah. um uh, but i think we're going to be able to build communities that are connected through every medium uh which i think is so much more powerful than what a newspaper is or a radio yeah you know, yeah oh, is yeah yeah massively yeah, yeah. And, and and actually to that point i think we talked about this briefly before about like the power of the niche um what are your like and the niche of on the tools starting with the construction or on a budget and now your your new brand which is mostly TikTok. like what do you think about the power of the niche yeah I think we've kind of built our, you know, we've built our business on it. Let's be honest. You know, we, um, I remember very early on, about six months in, we had the conversation around, like, we saw the growth of Lab Bible and you, and you, you're yeah. like, right, we should be doing, yeah. we should be doing what they're doing. You know, let's still call it on the tools, but let's do sport. Let's do gaming. Let's do, you know, but because we had the app, we were like, well, if we oh, do yeah. that, Okay, we must let's scale. We scaled to five million at that point, which would have been just been insane. Uh, you know, I remember when Lab Bible was like a couple of million. It's just been bizarre, isn't it? Now they're like yeah. forty million or whatever now. Um, uh, but but we had the conversation. We like, well, okay, but we're going to have loads of wastage. Yeah, people aren't going to want the app, um, and we're just going to be a poor man's lab bible we're not going to catch them they're they're more broad they're purposely more broad and we're purposely yeah. not yeah um so we took the decision not to do it and i think it's the best decision one of the best decisions we've ever made because i think huh. what happened over time was that people didn't want a shotgun approach to content being delivered even the platforms didn't mm. you know that algorithm change that happened in 2018 we didn't get hit by it yeah because oh, our wow. content was was made for the people that were watching it so we just didn't see a downturn lots of other publishers did because because the content they were making was it was scattergun you know it yeah. was, and, and when it was you know that initial serving of like 10% of your following or 5% are they engaging with it no well you're reaching dropping because the content you create is obviously not right for the people you've you you've got following your page really difficult when you've got 40 million followers now but and, and this is why I'd argue that I think Lab Bible have lent into their niche whilst they're very broad so they're owning the space now of youth culture they've they've yeah. defined who it is they're after and they've defined the content they create much more than they did five years ago yeah, like yeah. way more um 
Which is why I think they're seeing so much success. Yeah. I think I, I do believe that. Even and they're niche to a certain yeah. extent. I know it's like, but in fairness to them, they kind of understand their audience as well, don't they? Like, yes. um, like I think, like just thinking about that England, and I know we're talking about England football team, but you know where like the headlines in the newspapers would be like damning on a player. Like you'll see that lad Bible will just like lift the team more than like like this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're about bringing. They're, I, I, they are about bringing people together in their content and I think they do it really well. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I, uh, and I'm, I'm really open in saying this as well. I would say three or four years ago, I thought Labob was going through, but I was like, I don't understand what you are. Yeah. Uh, you've gone through this scout. I think they're amazing. Now, yeah. I look at them now and be like, you, you've, they've built something that um, pretty much, I don't think anyone will be able to compete with now. And and I think they've really rounded off what the what the brand stands for, and I, I think their content's getting better every week. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think they're uh, they're an amazing outfit. Um, but I think they've I think they have honed in on what what who they were trying to target, rather yeah. than just being everything to everyone, because that doesn't work through social anymore. Yeah, everything to everyone just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, and our Bible guys are great. Hopefully, they'll be listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, course of course, they will. Of course, they will. Dennis. Yeah, they'll be interested <laughs> to hear what's going on. Um, so let's switch it a little bit. And I love talking about online video and everything, but about scaling a business, which I'm fascinated with, like how you do it. So you went from yeah, three of you to about twenty pretty quickly, and uh, hundred and twenty you are now people. And I think you hired quite a few people during the pandemic as well. Um, talk about the scale and how you did it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So we went from th three or four of us to twenty uh, in a short space of time. Then we went from twenty to forty in probably a space of two years. Forty to fifty in like a six month period, and then we went from fifty to one hundred and twenty in like eighteen months. Yeah. So you you know you uh, how do you do it? Um, Okay, loads of stuff wrong, right? Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a breeze, Dennis. <laughs> piece uh, of cake. Yeah, piece of cake. No, it's really hard. And, and the hardest part's been going from, from the 55, 60 to 120, like, yeah. uh, remotely. Really, really difficult. Uh, because the difference between going from 20 to 40, right, um, or even 20 to 50, let's just you know, take that, that remit over, like, two years, is that it's pretty sustainable and you're doing it based on um on your profitability so you're taking the right decisions at the right time and you you're pretty measured and um you're quite happy to not get the growth that maybe you want but you know that you're going to be safe and that you're sort of going yeah. through that thing because you've not got any money to sit on you haven't raised any money and then when you raise money for the purpose of of scaling you scale and then you expect the money to come in at the period that it's meant to come in. And then when it doesn't, and things start to slow just a bit, for whatever reason, you know, you're going through a global pandemic. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. This isn't meant to be happening. And, the, and this has never happened before. Yeah. So, and I've not done this before, I, you know, before this, I've never run a business. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, how do you do it is you surround yourself with people that, um, a care uh, that uh, that care enough and are committed enough and that are bought in enough to to solve the problems that that you face and yeah. uh, and look my job uh, how I would say we've got through this period of time is by just speaking to people who are loads smarter than me and that have maybe done it before or whatever you know do you seek counsel um, did we have all the answers like absolutely not would I hire again in the same way we've hired at the start of this year no uh, not until uh, what what happened was we added a lot of people into the business this year when we weren't ready to add that amount of people in it's not the it's not the amount of people we added in it's actually the amount of people we added in at that time i think structurally from a managerial perspective and just some, having some of the like um uh, some of those processes and structures in place that we're missing that we've now got in place yeah i think we could take 30 people in a quarter now yeah we'd be like oh yeah we, we kind of know what where we're going to come and stuck uh but at the start of the year we did it like 10 to 12 people a month and it, and it you know two to three people a week just uh it was it was too much and, so it, and why were you bringing those people on was it the business needed it to get the results or was it to to really scale the business to the next level uh, uh probably a bit of both yeah um because the pandemic was a funny thing right you, you we 
the, the first three, four months, we really got hit. Like we had clients freezing yeah, accounts a lot. You know, I'm sure everyone did it. Certainly not like being like, oh no, poor us. But it, we went through what everyone else did, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, then we started to like win some work and we won some big work. And then that flipped it the other side. We were like, oh, actually we've gone from being like worried about it to being like, shit, we've got to like gear up now. And, and, yeah. and then, um, but then the other part is the market, right? So that my job is to make sure that, um, and something that I, that I get excited about, that I think I'm actually quite good at, one of the few things I'm good at is is sort of like this um, this futuristic approach or, or view of trying to understand what the market's doing and where we should be going and like what's happening elsewhere yeah. and so and and, uh, uh, and I called it like probably before the pandemic but certainly a couple of months in is like this thing's going to get consolidated things are going to start being purchased and mopped up because there's too many of us and mm. uh, separated we're not much together it's probably something incredibly powerful and sure enough that's what's starting to happen now and and that scale at the start of this year was like we've got to get ahead of this we have to get the numbers a bit higher we have to get more a few more communities into the group to to make sure that we're not seen as just other tools yeah and on, you know so it was very purposeful the first time we've ever planned to like lose money in a quarter, do you know what I mean? And then you do it and you're like, okay. And then you do, and you do it again for the next thing. You're like, oh, oh God, like I don't like this, but, but it's what's planned, you know? And I think that's the difficulty in scaling, um, is it's for us anyway, has been that it was, it was so opposing to how we've operated the business yeah. before. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't about, yeah. um, like what I said at the beginning, you know, it wasn't about, being profitable it was actually we we purposely chose to lose money and yeah but then so then you, your mindset changes as well then so you're so very fixed on on cost management and mm. um and your budget in and uh and things become just that little bit tighter you know yeah. and, it, and it's an interesting point culturally because i think what happens in your businesses is that more broadly everyone's like look at the money coming in look at the clients winning. this is great but because of the amount of resource you're adding in it doesn't make any difference you, you know actually it's yeah this is from a profitability point of view it's it's never been worse you know yeah. uh, and it's planned so it's fine but you it's it's managing the it's managing outside looking in or even like more broadly across the business we're, we're smashing it we you know there's no problems you know but actually the challenges i think in a board level and executive team level are that you know that it's on a very you're on a knife edge you're on a knife edge of growth here where you're like this is really good and we're going in the right direction and everything's fine but unusually so and, and never like before our cost base has gone through the roof because we're trying to make sure that we're we're plan like all the stuff we've done at the first half of this year it means that halfway through next year we're going to be so profitable yeah uh, it's going to be amazing i can yeah. already uh, last month month before or record yeah. month last month smashed it like the yeah. guys of the whole team of just every part of the business just like hit it yeah. it's amazing uh and I can see that that's going to be the regular now. We've like got ourselves into good position. But if we hadn't have done that scale piece over the last six to nine months, next year is just a, it's a, a very average, slow-growing year. Whereas now it's going to be a year where we're going to get looked at and be like, where the hell have these lot come from? Yeah. Uh, and then it gives us this opportunity for further scale, yeah. further transactions, whatever it is we want to do, we'll be there, we'll, we'll be in around it. So it's, it's yeah, fascinating, difficult to manage both operationally and um culturally because you add in so many people into the business and at a time where you then need that um, collaboration uh cohesiveness um bond to be stronger than ever um yeah everyone's under a lot of pressure because the numbers are a little bit more harder yeah. and the, you know what i mean so it's they're quite opposing actually aren't they you know yeah uh, you want people to feel fulfilled and relaxed and, yeah. and content but you're also putting them under a lot of pressure and you're adding another 60 people into the business yeah. suits uh but i think we've i think we've managed it okay i think we've managed it okay i've certainly not been perfect but i think the culture still um how i want it to be i think we've looked after each other through the pandemic i think there's been a lot of focus on people's well-being we haven't ignored that which has been something that i'm quite proud of and that that um the et the executive team have put a big focus on so uh, look you know it definitely wasn't perfect and um uh i don't know how i would offer any advice to anyone who's going to go through it other than maybe like 
really, really look at the strain it will put on your managers when you're adding yeah. so many people put in. I think yeah. we missed that bit and I think yeah. we let a few people down by going, yeah, we'll just add like 10 people into your team and then and then they're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm overwhelmed here. I don't know how to yeah. manage all of this. Um, so I think that's probably yeah. the one bit of advice. Yeah. Would, yeah. From everything you've said there, I think as well, like just like um, the, the planning is very important, but from a planning perspective, financially, but also operationally, because I think if it's purely financial, like if you're dealing very closely with your CFO, they're just not hardwired in the same way about like how the operation will actually, it'll take three, six months of investment to pay off and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think we probably did more focus on the numbers than we did on the ops, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we ignored the ops altogether, but I just don't think we, we went enough detail. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now, I think we've got like, you know, we've been, as part of, it's funny, because as part of like the, the intake we've took on project managers, which are already helping now plan sort of like, do you know what I mean? So you, you sort of yeah. go, oh, actually, if you just had some project managers in before, we might have been a little bit more into like you know that skill set of like uh of uh like transformation through business it's the thing isn't it do you know what yeah. i mean there's, there's people who who are brought in on like fixed term contracts to just transform a yeah. business through a certain period of time you know uh we didn't have that skill set you know we we're sort of like yeah patching it so i think you know definitely some really good positive learnings from it yeah. oh cool and and a, a follow-up question on this is like uh, uh, people talk a lot about people process technology with scaling businesses are there any that you found is more important than the other or are they kind of all equally oh man i'd say we're lacking on the technology part if i'm honest dennis so yeah. so so i would say uh, but I think if we'd had it, we would have definitely gave us more information on, on certain parts. I think we're just starting to get to grips with how um, the business needs to operate from a, a technology point of view. And there's going to be a lot of investment going into that. Um, the people in the process part, uh, particularly the people part, it's just like it, it's everything. For me. In a business like ours, yeah, yeah. where... Um, in fact, in any business, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like um, even if you've got tech, the tech has been built by people, you know, and the, the, the engagement and the fulfillment and the uh, leadership and support that those people need and uh, is all driven by your leadership team, your executive team, you know, um, uh, your managers across the business uh, and about like trying to, drag the young talent through the door it's it's all about it's mm. all about people and, and that's why we have such a big focus and uh, and i've got such a big focus on 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 the culture and the performance of the business because i want people to um i want people to build insane careers here that then they go and build their own business or they go and get their next dream job because they've yeah. they've worked they've got electric house on the cv you know I, I want people to look back in 20 years and be like electric house is the best place to work it's like that's cool i do want that legacy do you know what i mean and you can't build that by not looking after people you just can't it's impossible yeah. um so and and look we're not we're not perfect we've got to do more you know we, I, I know that um i think there's always more you can be doing i know always aspire to look at the you know you look at a lot of big companies and the things they do for the people i'm like oh, i want to do that and i'm like yeah but if you do that now you actually break your business and you won't be supporting them long term because you can't afford to do that now i think there's always that that thing so i think you've got to kind of like not offer too much as well yeah because actually in the in the in the short term you can ruin people's opportunity because you might you know you go too far with it and your cost base goes again and, and then you go actually we've got to make a few redundancies and then you're not looking you're not yeah, looking after people yeah. are doing that yeah uh so uh, there's always that balance but uh, you know i want to get to the point where 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 um people look at this business and they're like you know it's it's, it's the best it's the best place i could yeah. ever work i get everything i need yeah. both and I, I always have this knock-on as well of like how does it make people's partners feel because oh, where I where, where I worked previously, right? Yeah. Um, my partner at the time hated the place I worked for oh. because I was always moaning about it. Do yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it was left this like sour taste in uh, in the conversation. And I've always thought about that. I've like, you know, I want to make sure that the partners of the people and the family of the people that work here mm. love the business too. Because if I think if they love it, you can't. It's obviously good. 
because yeah. they're they're talking in a positive way about it. They see the benefits of why people might have to, you know, invest a lot of time into uh, yeah. what we're trying to build here. I think yeah. that's a, uh, you know, yeah. a, a good thing to think about. Is like, well, what do the, yeah. what do people? Yeah, I think that's think a great point. Like yeah. in terms of keep like keeping people in retention and keeping them motivated and everything so it's that how do you make people's lives yeah. easier so you know can you know what can you offer people to yeah. make sure that then it makes yeah. their family's life yeah. a bit easier it's like, that knock-on, like you know it? even it's crazy the small things like like i remember when i worked at google like my whole family were kind of like you get free lunches and yeah. stuff and it's that sort it of stuff like tables at a table spoke stuff. about it before and, yeah and then then you as an individual in that situation you're almost afraid to leave the company or something because you're getting this reinforcement from all of your support network around you and uh i think it's even like funny that we were beers thing as well like you say you work in a we work and we were oh there's free beers and yeah. like the reality is i worked in we worked for about three years i'd say i've had four beers <laughs> in a beer a year yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah one free beer yeah. a year it, get out of there. it was like go to the pub if you yeah want yeah i think it's and like the food thing we've we've we spoke about that i have a lot um and you know what what does a free lunch mean yeah well yeah. directly people go yeah it's good yeah i get a free lunch yeah. but what does it mean to people's families and i mean it's you know you look into the detail of it, it's like well uh, does it mean they save money as a family? Yes. Does it mean they've got less prep work to do food for the family, whoever's doing that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. It, it, like there's a real like knock on effect of not having to think about that, yeah. you know, and the convenience of having it if they want it. And I think that that's where I want to get the business to, but it, but it's, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, it's, well, yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah. the culture is great here and well done for building it. And it's a constant thing, isn't it? Of course it is. Like, yeah. 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 It's, it's, but, it's, it's only as good as it was yesterday. So I just think you, you always yeah, got to be like yeah, looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've worked in sales a long time. It's like, you're only as good as your last quarter. Yeah. 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 But, uh, the, the one thing I Googled there, actually, when you were talking about that, I thought of uh, this Richard Branson quote. I don't know if you've heard of this one before. Train people well enough. So they yeah. can treat them well enough. So they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, definitely. And I, 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 look, we've we've got loads to do yet, and we're still a, what I would class as a relatively youngish business. But I, I do, you know, I do uh, feel very accountable for people's sort of like fulfillment and happiness here. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's what it's really hard to lose your job here, like really hard. Um, uh, because I think once you're in, we, you know, it's it's our job to make sure that you that you're fulfilled enough and we're fulfilled enough with what with everything that's going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I, I do believe that. So, yeah. Look, hopefully we can scale and 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 keep the culture will change. <clears throat> I know that, and it's changed already. You know, you go from this like 20 people, it's a family. You know, and there's all that, yeah, that word yeah. gets used a lot. You know, and then as you scale, it's it's not like it was, and you you know you go through those changes, and and that's change. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna go through that. But I think ultimately, it's for me, it's all about um, it's all about fulfillment and, um, and and like genuine like happiness of people like happy and fulfilled. Here. Do they do? Are we getting the best out of them? And are they, are they getting the best out of us? Do they feel challenged? Do they feel fulfilled? Are they happy to turn up? Do they get that Sunday night feeling? Yeah. Like, oh, or do they like go sweet? I've got this on tomorrow. Like it's those bits. I'm, I'm like, if we can focus on that, I think we'll have a pretty yeah solid yeah business. And if people love working somewhere like. They'll just give it their all. I yeah. I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. Uh, so I wanted to ask you one kind of final question, really. Um, what are you most proud of? Um, this is a, a question that gets asked in interviews and stuff quite a bit, uh, like job interviews and stuff. So yeah, what are you most proud of? Uh, I think, you know, the, I'm, I'm very proud of the culture. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the business we've built, the scale. I'm proud of the offices that we get to sort of like bring people in. So I'm, pr I'm proud of all of that. But, but uh, I would say that the, definitely the culture would be one. But I, I think I'm, I'm really proud that early on we, we um, so the business we set up, um, m myself and Ad, we got Andy involved and, and Mark and Ian involved very early on. We all went to school together, except for me and Andy. And me and Andy worked together for like eight years. But me, Ian, Mark, and I all went to school with each other. Um, and everyone we spoke to, both personally and in business, people would meet along the way and have meetings, and they would be like, I remember uh, two meetings actually where someone was wanting to get involved. They wanted to like put some money into the business, but they wanted to remove a couple of the people that were in the business uh, shareholders but weren't operational in the okay, business at that yeah, point and i was like 
that's not our, like they're going to come on we're just growing the business and as soon as we can get them on they're going to yeah. like um that's not an option and and both times they spoke about the fact that we shouldn't be you, you know you built a business around a load of mates like it's going to end in absolute tears yeah. and and but and personally people would say like oh you're gonna fall out over money or you're not they ain't gonna work you and ad were in a business you've known each other since you were like seven or eight you ain't gonna be able to do it you're gonna fall out isn't your friendship more important all of these types of things so i'm i'm, I'm proud that we've that hasn't happened we've, we've proved people wrong do you know what i mean and 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 we're at a point now where like money's not not gonna, we're not going to fall out over money. We we all know what we're building. We know what the end game is, um, uh, and we've done it without. We, we you know do we disagree and do we debate and do yeah like all the time like all the time, but uh, genuine like we have so much fun doing what we're doing. I feel so lucky that I get I, I get to come to work and be like hugely fulfilled i get to do it with my best mates okay. you know and like I, I we have points where we are like barely laughing you know where you're like and that's and that's my da that's my day you know and and, yeah. and Brilliant. uh i feel really lucky and i feel proud that we've we've not let like money and work get in the way of what is a really solid and and that actually has been made more solid by building this business together because you go through a lot like you know growing and running a business you'll know this it's 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 hard it's stressful it's it's sometimes so drag you get so low at certain points with certain things that will happen that knock you you know knock you for six with something that might happen with a person with a business or whatever and, and you're like how the hell are we doing this how do we get out of this how do is it worth it but then when you've got that bond that that is unbreakable there and you can sort of revert back to that it makes it yeah it makes it easier so yeah i'm proud that we've been able to stay friends and and build a, a stronger bond yeah. than ever before yeah that's what i'm oh, man, that's proud brilliant of. I think that's when, emotional isn't it yeah when you're saying that as well I, I guess for me like where I built like um, uh, the international part of Tubular in, in London and everything and scale that up like some of those key people that I built that with it's like the trust just oh, the trust between yeah. you yeah that's really important that's brilliant alright so yeah Lee thank you so much for joining Coffee for Scalers and um, yeah if listening to this as well listeners the first episode please tell three people about the podcast there's going to be more episodes dropping soon but Lee Wilcox it's been amazing to have you thank you so much absolute pleasure yeah. pleasure cheers thank you that's it it's a wrap was it recorded? Was it recorded? <laughs> yeah, it was recorded. <laughs> even, you time, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. even you saying that, Jamie. Even you saying that, Jamie, might drop a little bit. <laughs> but the interesting thing about YouTube, I think, is in many ways, it's kind of old media. It's almost 20 years old. Yeah. It's on television. Television, I was surprised by some of the television numbers, at least in the U.S., that you know, 150, I can't pull the number right up, but somewhere between 100 and 150 million pe people in the U.S. watch it on their television every month. Yeah. So it is more than just this sort of community-led video upstart. It's yeah. not just an ingrained part of the media landscape. It is a dominant part of the media yeah. landscape. And my hat's off to YouTube. They've built a great business. But there are always opportunities for other businesses to come in and, and yeah. do things that, that the leader isn't doing as you get really big like that. And then, and we've seen that over the past few years.